I've been thinking a lot about the concept of veja du, the inverse of deja vu. I have a propensity for this idea of facing something familiar, something you've seen millions of times, but discovering something new in it. Trying to gain new insights into old problems, I guess. I didn't come up through the ranks of advertising. Instead, I navigated my way within two boys clubs, the action sports and music industries. And I think not being indoctrinated into how things have worked in the past allows me to question everything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, I think we should break it and fix it again just to learn how the pieces fit back together. I'm a culture vulture. I'm a hopeful disruptor. I'm a connector. My name is Hillary Craven, and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Red Tedimer O'Connell & Partners, based in Venice, California. Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America, The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by The Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions, shall we? Okay. I'll use the air quotes here. Who made you? Do you know that saying, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime? Yes. <laughs> you yes. do know that. No, 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 I, I do. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Well, I think that I've been really, really lucky in terms of having mentors for different lengths of time throughout my whole life. Mm -hmm. So certainly the, the lifetime piece would be my parents who are two hugely inspiring people. I know we've had a lot of side conversations about them. Oh yes. The Philly days. Yeah. This, this may come up. Yeah. Okay, good. But I think my first sort of mentor was Stan Brackage who is known as sort of the grandfather of experimental filmmaking. And his mentorship really taught me about process mm -hmm. and craft mm -hmm. and patience. You've got to be hugely patient to paint on eight millimeter film. Oh, yeah. Um, so he also challenged me in ways that, you know, he wasn't easy on me. It wasn't like opening up the doors to his mind. You, I really had to earn that trust. Sure, makes sense. So that was a big piece for me. I think in terms of the advertising world, somebody like John Boiler was a huge, huge influence and mentor for me. Mm -hmm. He was somebody who could kind of look at me and realize that I am the epitome of a hybrid and gave me the opportunity to look at our business and figure out new ways and new modes of doing things. Mm -hmm. Look at how we're staffed, look at new services we can offer. And mm -hmm. again, he is a character that's balanced between creativity and realism. Right, that, that's an interesting component, the, the idea of realism. Yeah. Because sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. Right, and I think it's also just from a mentorship perspective, like allowing people to try, even though you already know the answer is like, oh, I think that's going to fail, but right. let them, let them go through the process without what we were talking about before. Like, it's not just about feedback in the moment. It's about going through the steps. Yeah. Cause you learn more by just, it really just, it sounds cliche, but when you strip that away, you see how important those steps are. You see how important it is to it's step by step by step by step and to actually parse it out into, into individual pieces instead of trying to take this whole piece of the pie. 
Absolutely. And I think in terms of the frequency of conversations with a mentor, that kind of brings us back to that saying is like, it doesn't need to be constant. I, ha I check in with, with Boiler or certainly my family. Um, un unfortunately, Stan isn't, is no longer with us, but you know, frequently it's some pieces of life and then infrequently when you're just kind of churning away. Right, so. right. Yeah, that's the way life is. What's the greatest gift that you've ever been given? And why is that? I think this is probably an obvious answer, but the ability to travel, I think the differentiation for me is in a truly immersive way. So not just stopping in a city to check off Rome <laughs> right. or check off. There it is. We're moving. Right. Yeah. I, right. I, I remember being surrounded, you know, in that sort of like post-college year with a lot of friends that were like just checking off cities. I tend to live in a place for several months mm -hmm. and really understand the nuance of the place by getting coffee at the same place every day and looking around and really trying to feel sort of the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So the greatest gift is when we graduated university as kids, we got to choose anywhere in the world that you wanted to go. You had a one-way ticket and then the rest was on you. Oh my God. So yeah, for me it was to be able to see most of Southeast Asia. Wow. That's cool. Truly life-changing and, and kind of a lot of reference points for me creatively still go back to that time. Right, right. Just knowing you, probably another great gift, the experiences that you had in the music business and especially the radio business with your dad owning WMMR in Philadelphia, yeah. which was, you know, is an iconic station in Philadelphia. That must have been just incredible. It really was. It was, um, my dad's a legend. Yes. And I'm saying that from a, from a, you can a daughter. Be very, you can be objective about it. Everybody, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting, even as a kid looking at him, you know, we're surrounded by this super crazy music industry, wild characters, wild things going on around us. And my dad was the suit. But he was so beloved because he was a good hang. Right. And he was very protective of us, but he exposed us to a lot of different people and a lot of different concepts about how an event or a festival or how to digest music in new ways. Right. Yeah. I, growing up there in middle school and high school, I mean, that was that was our that was our thing. MMR, man. It, that was that was the gift that kept on giving. Yeah. And ironically enough, the afternoon guy, Pierre Robert, still there. My babysitter, my former babysitter, um, an incredible, he's a legend, he's he a really legend an incredible man. And, it, you know, historically speaking, looking at radio across the country, if not around the world, it was a very special time in radio yeah, it was. where these morning show guys were full on rock stars. Mm -hmm. They were really setting the cultural tone for a lot of other exactly. things that were going on in the States. Yeah. And I, that's what I said when radio was at its best, it, they were driving culture instead of sure. just trying to follow it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, music being germane in this current part of the conversation, the third question that you sent my way was if my life were a song, it would be what? It I, would I like be... this one. You're the first one who's asked this, by the way. Oh, this is right up my this alley. This is the first first time. Um, this is hard to answer, but I, I, I'm happy in, in saying that it would be a Hyper Ballad by Bjork. 
I did not see that one coming. Yeah. Well, I think it's like if you walk around looking like I do, it's hard to not get, you know, some simpatico with Bjork. But I, um, I think it's sort of easy to go to like the lyrics of why that would be the song of your life. But for me, I love kind of the emotional territory that she builds Mm -hmm. with her soundscapes right so it's like orchestral and then there's this like 90s trip hop layer into it and so i like that duality right right and then lyrically i like the idea of you know for those who don't know the song it's about somebody this meditation where you wake up every morning and you climb a mountain and you throw different objects off of the mountain just to hear what their sounds are like on the ground and i like that idea of doing a meditation like that day after day that's it's very bjorky it's very bjorky but it but it's a lot like that's how cool. we work right. you know you're kind of just like floating ideas out there And sometimes it can feel stale, and sometimes you just have that tingy, awesome moment. We make our way to the must list. We start with, what is a must do? It's going to come off super hippie, but the reality reality is, I think, putting yourself in a position where you feel small. And I mean in a physical way, in nature. So... Again, I came up in action sports. I had some pretty unique experiences, one of which being on a press boat just the left of a 50-foot wave at Mavericks. Jeez. And the moment that you are just very much in yourself, realizing there's this comically huge wave in front of you, and the things that come to your mind in that moment is not life or death. It is so, so humbling, but so, so energizing. So I feel like if you can place yourself, and it doesn't need to be that extreme. I would say, yeah. A a five-story building (laughs) as a wave, yes. If you're placing yourself in these situations where you're just feeling the grandeur of nature or whatever it is in front of you, I think it's a nice level set. Absolutely. 50 foot? Yeah, those guys are completely insane. (laughs) And dear friends. (laughs) And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yes. What is a must experience? Again, I feel like traveling for me is super important. Mm -hmm. It should be important in everyone's lives. This is hard to answer because I'm the person that people are like, oh, I'm going to Mexico City. And I spend like three days writing an itinerary of like weird things for them to check out. In case you want Hillary's email address for your travel plans. (laughs) But for me, it would be what's called a hangi. In New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I know the hangi, yeah. Which yeah. which is... Um, Noses coming together. Your head. Yep. It's it's essentially a handshake for Maori culture. For Maori, yeah. But it's hugely awkward at first. You know, you're pressing your head and your nose against a stranger. Right. But I love how vulnerable you have to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. And your first couple of times, I'm like sweating. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) But then you start to get used to it. And I love that simplicity. Mm -hmm. And it's just a beautiful gesture and and an incredible country. Oh, pre-kids, three weeks, the best. The best. Absolutely the best. And for the record, the pavlova was invented there. All these Australians are going to go bananas right now. It was. And it's also the only indigenous culture left in the world 
that still owns their land and fisheries. Think about that. It's gorgeous down there because, the, and everybody's respectful and protective of everything that's happening down there. Well, especially. they're warriors. Yeah. I wrote my thesis there, so okay, it's a so beloved here, place. Okay, that's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a must read? So this one's been with me since high school, and it was okay. sort of like the Frampton comes alive of like overthinking teenagers. Here we go. Mainline Philadelphia. Here we it go. It would be Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance right. by Robert Persig. So Explain it a little bit for people who haven't read it. It actually has very little to do about motorcycles. Right. Um, right. It is pretty heady. It's about metaphysics, a lot of philosophical questions. But what I like about it and why I keep coming back to it is, again, this idea of analytical versus creative and emotional. Mm -hmm. And I connect with that personally on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. This idea of duality and not being afraid of that as, you know, a female leader. Right. It's okay to be emotional and it's okay to be analytical. What is a must learn? To me, this is more focused on like a skill set. I think this is a really good perspective, though. It's very unique when you'd sent this over. Oh, cool. I, no, I, I looked at this and I said, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, I tell everyone this. I, I think that everyone should be an assistant, a PA, mm -hmm. or an admin at some point in their life. And the reason why I think that is you learn tons of skills, but on a most basic level, you learn how to hustle. Mm -hmm. You learn how to fake it till you make it. <laughs> And you should learn a tiny bit of everyone's jobs. And what that translates into on a senior level is creative entrepreneurship, sales. Exactly. You know, selling mm -hmm. whatever you've got to We're push. We're all in sales, by yeah. the way. Yep. And then finally, like being a good manager, mm -hmm. being respectful of people and helping them elevate their thoughts, but also understanding the nuance of everyone's jobs. It's super important to me. And think about the people who have come up, not just in this business, but it just anywhere. You think entertainment, you think music, but a good number of them started out, you know, the, the equivalent of waiting tables. It's just getting in and getting dirty and getting gritty. For sure. It's like be a problem solver on your feet every single day of your life. You know, it's funny because I think that you know, I'm getting up there in age, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being like a 50 year old PA. I think it'd be kind of fun. I probably um, dated some of them. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> there's a lot of those in LA? Tons. <laughs> <laughs> What's a question you've never been asked that you would love someone to ask you and what would the answer be? What does culture mean to you? So this is a funny one. This is what we deal in every day. Mm -hmm. It's a barometer that we use to judge our work against. It is what I'm constantly asking the teams, is this culturally relevant? And yet it's super subjective and really fuzzy. And just saying, is it culturally relevant becomes that buzzy thing that drives us all crazy, right? Right. Yes and no. I mean, I think that what tends to happen is that for a lot of people, culture is pop culture and mm. trends. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily look at culture in that way. I think that culture is 
a bedrock where honest, ambitious, mass expression lives. So it's based on impact and it's based in an honest expression versus a trend. Right. When you say mass, is there a place for niche? Certainly. Certainly. And yeah, we can pick apart the word mass, but I I guess it's again, importance to a group. Right. Right. What's one thing that you've worked on recently that just made you look and go, wow, this is awesome, number one, but also this is culturally fantastic. Morningstar Farms. Explain that project a bit. Morningstar Farms is a plant-based protein. I'm very familiar. Delicious. Breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So we went on this awesome journey where we went to shoot a long-form documentary, which looked at the ways people are injecting vegetarian eating into their life. So we're not saying be a vegan, be a vegetarian in a militant way. We're saying make a singular choice a week. And this is the impact that it gives to the world and to a sustainable lifestyle. So it's a welcoming strategy versus a militant strategy. Right. We interviewed everyone from a butcher to practices meatless Mondays, mm-hmm. to you know, a hip hop artist, to a stunt woman, and looking at how they are approaching this movement in a new way. A butcher. A butcher, yeah. They don't think that we should eat meat five to seven days a week. <laughs> right, right. This is their business platform, and they actually shut down on Mondays because they want people to practice meatless Mondays. It's like the barber, never open on Monday. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Here's where I compliment you. What I find interesting is that when we first started this conversation, you had mentioned several men as mentors, which is really interesting because this is a show celebrating the achievements and things going on with women Uh and especially in leadership. You are an incredible mentor to people. And I know this by talking to other people that we know in common. So Maria at 72 and several other people that we've known together throughout the years. I find it really interesting how your leadership is, the lens is on women, Uh right? But sometimes men can be abandoned in the process. And I like the fact that you make everything inclusive. But the whole idea is is that that wave for women is moving forward. Men are supporting that wave in mm-hmm. certain ways. The, you know, the right type of men, the right type of perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool because I think sometimes when we get stuck in leadership, I think sometimes when we talk about leadership, that we sometimes get ourselves stuck in a very narrow focus. And what I love is that I, I'm seeing this continued expanse of looking at the whole mm of not just advertising, not just marketing, but entertainment and music. Mm. Obviously, room to grow, but I love the fact that the lens is getting wider. And that's yeah. what I really appreciate. That's Thank you so much. It's a huge compliment. I think for me, it comes down to people. It is not a man mm-hmm. or a woman. It is a point of view. And if I can be influenced by somebody, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman to me. Right. But I, I certainly want to help raise up female talent if they are struggling with having a voice that feels authentic. Right. 
or original and true authenticity. And I love the fact that you focus the word talent on this because it's something that will continually be discussed. It will never go out of style. Talent is what drives us. And I love the fact that you look at it from a talent perspective as opposed to this is a person that happens to be in advertising, marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For sure. I mean, in my mind, our pedigree isn't the places that you worked at. It's the relationships that you built. Mm -hmm. And that's why... I have leaned into being a connector. I love introducing people and seeing what they can build. You're amazing at that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I think, um, that's my focus in, in mentoring is like be a good hang, you know, like be somebody that people want to not just work with, but just spend time in life with because mm-hmm. we're with each other 90% of our lives in these little offices. So be a good hang. <laughs> right, right. The agenda is just awesome. That's, <laughs> the agenda is just, there's no agenda. The agenda is just have an awesome time. Yeah, have fun doing this. Life's too damn short. Right. Every guest we bring on to the show, we give them an opportunity to talk about whatever they want for a couple minutes. So without... A couple f- minutes? Yes. Wow. It goes fast. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So without further ado, the floor is yours. I mean, I was just thinking about what transitional music you were going to use in between my segments. <laughs> it's stock. It's stock music. No, I guess it, it kind of goes back to an approach to work, whether that's advertising or music or entertainment, is consistently trying to be childlike. Thinking about being curious every single day and that emotional thread that being childlike brings. I think that begets a lot of really fertile creative work that is honest and that moves the barometer and that is original. And it's not meant to be infantile. It's meant to be the idea of starting fresh. And being open. You know, it's that this is a page right out of Boiler's book, but being egoless. I really struggled in the beginning of my advertising career thinking about, I was really in love with some of the ideas that were coming out. And having those quote unquote killed was crushing. But the reality is that more ideas will come. And that's that great collaboration point where if you let go of ego and you let somebody else in, they're gonna enhance the work. And that is also what's like addictive about this industry Mm -hmm. is when you collaborate with somebody and see your seed of an idea just shot up to a 10, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Much like the must list, we always like people to share some advice or wisdom to wrap up the show. So what is your last word? I would just say in terms of carving out a career or a path, don't be afraid to change course and don't be afraid to seek out somebody whose path you don't want to emulate, but somebody who can truly challenge you in ways that you haven't previously thought about. So not somebody who's gonna help write your resume, but somebody who is going to guide you, not just in work, but in life. 
Always a pleasure seeing you. I'm so glad we had a chance to catch up. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.